Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. And I'm with Dr. Andy DaCosta. And uh, we are sitting in her kitchen at the moment. The electricity went off. But fortunately, it's come back on. So we started a little bit late and everyone's getting a bit anxious because I know a lot of people are listening in. I'm sorry about that, but we are comforting each other. <laughs> Welcome to you, Andy, onto Thank my you. program. We were last together on the 22nd of the 8th. And if you would like to listen to that, please go into the podcasts on High FM. Finding Human Podcasts, and you'll find us. And our topic is saying yes to life, and that's where we're going to be continuing. Uh, I'm just going to hand over to Andy because she would like to dedicate this program. Good morning, everyone, and lovely to be here. I would like to deeply dedicate today's talk to Daniel Perez for his safe and swift return. I'm very, very good friends with Doron and Shelley, and they are fighting a brave battle here. I also wish strength and safety to the IDF. Sue's grandson, Josh. Is in Israel, yeah, and my other family members. And may all of Israel and all of the IDF be protected, and may our Israel be safeguarded soon. Thank you, Andy. I would like to say that the Israelis are putting up such a, a really brave front. And so to all my grandchildren um, and my, my daughter who's there, my grandchildren, Gabby, Joshua, Mayan, Elisheva, and Amitai, just carry on. And when you've got to run into the bomb shelters, remember to take your gummy bears. Now, Andy, quite a few messages came to us last time when when we were on air. But you mentioned seeing a billboard this week, or was it last week? And I would like you to mention that bill, billboard because it's particularly uh, imp- uh, important today. So I read this billboard on Sunday, and it really had a massive impact on me. It said, where there is no will, there's anger. And I'm going to add to that. Where there is no will, there's anger, resentment, self-pity, and envy. These emotions make for a very distressed life, a very depressed and lonely life. So we're going to talk about that for a moment. And my intention, suffering from motor neuron disease and knowing that it's a progressive degenerative disease where my functioning deteriorates every day, You can even hear it in my voice. 
and I choose to encompass the word will. I will never stop entertaining. It's my absolute passion to serve food magnificently. I'm always sitting at the dining room table welcoming my guests and when dinner gets served, I can't get to my serving table. So what do I do? I get someone to take photos of how it's presented because I've guided my home keepers exactly how I want it. So I want to say there is always a way to reinvent a different way of experiencing something. So, you know, Andy, what I find incredibly powerful in what you have to say is you're reinventing your reality every day of your life. Every single day. I mean, this morning, I tried to reach for the blueberries on the table and my arms couldn't get there. So what did I do? I asked for assistance and I embraced this with absolute self-compassion, a very, very important statement that I do not punish myself and and destroy my emotions through not inviting a different way. Absolutely. We're just going to ad break. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Right, I'm back with Dr. Andy DaCosta. Andy was telling us about how she has reinvented her her life in order to adapt to her illness. And her illness goes under the the umbrella, doesn't it, of, of neurological disorder. Which particular disorder is it? So as I was saying, I have motor neuron disease, which is a progressive degenerative disease where I lose motor functioning along the way. So from head to toe, I am affected. My voice is affected. My tongue and my expression in my vocal cords is affected. My hands are deeply affected. is one of my greatest worries. My two greatest worries are my voice and my hands. So I only really use my thumbs and index finger. And it's very hard to eat, to bring food to my mouth, but I do it all. I wouldn't get assistance. And I absolutely will not use AIDS until I need to. And you, you spoke about you were, you loved cooking and you loved the, the decor that you put into it. And you mentioned just now that you got another way that you still do that. But you also, um, you, you take photos so that you can see it. You mentioned once before to me about hugging your husband and your children. Are you still able to do that? So I'm not able to lift my arms and hug my children or my husband. And they they will come and embrace me and hug me very, very deeply and connected. 
And would I ever waste that connection on having self-pity? Not in a million years. I embrace it with all my love, with everything, and it fills me up. There is no sense of why can't I, what's happening here, measuring how much my arms can't reach up. We have found a new way, and it's perfectly welcome and and part of our lives now. So when you said that that billboard said where there is no will, there's anger, and you said you encompass the word will, well, very definitely. I'm sitting next to a very determined woman. Even uh, just now we were struggling to get on because of load shedding and the uh, inverter hadn't clicked in, but she was incredibly calm and The will worked, didn't it? (laughs) Now, Andy, when when you were first diagnosed, it was only at the beginning of the year, but you'd gone through many invasive uh, tests and in the last five years. And so did you ever imagine that you would be given this particular diagnosis? You know, at the back of my mind, it was my biggest, biggest fear. Did I imagine it would become a reality? And I'd hear the words from my doctor, motor neuron disease. I did and I didn't. And when I was told that five years ago that it was one of the differential diagnoses, I just collapsed in a heap and could not hold it. But this time, I knew it was true. And it is not an easy journey to come to a place where I can live with it. But there are always two parallel worlds in my head. Tell me about those. So the one world and the one side of my brain that is always with me is my fear, my angst, my measuring my deterioration and measuring what I can do. And it is very, very, can be very depressing. I'm very lucky that I've passed a phase of being very depressed and very anxious. Do you go in and out of that, those those swings of, of news that sometimes you are in despair sometimes you oh my gosh that that's the parallel world mm-hmm. is despair and sadness but there's i've chosen to over identify and choose to identify with my other world mm-hmm. and that is embracing what i do you have my gosh i'm the most blessed woman in the world isn't that wonderful i have the to most hear. incredible mm-hmm. family and friends, and we can, thank God, have whatever treatments I need. And our lives are beautiful. I will never stop doing anything because of this condition, as hard as it may be. You are so determined, Andy, and why I'm smiling is because in our last program, we spoke about 
Andy, how Andy had become a doctor and then how she had gone into her own practice of postnatal depression and um, she had written a book. So there was so much that she had done with sheer determination and guts, I might add. So please listen to the previous uh, podcast on it. And I saw this this little saying, and I don't even know who it's from. It says, sometimes the fear won't go away, so you'll have to do it afraid. Oh, I love that. And I think that's what you have done with your life. Yes. So often with your, your challenges, you say, okay, there is fear, but I'll do it anyway, even yes. with that fear. And so please know that these are not fear, constant feelings that I overcome. I'm still searching to, to make peace with my wheelchair. In fact, what gives me some peace is that it actually belongs to one of my very best friends. So I always say I'm sitting on her lap. <laughs> and I miss my clothes flowing and my beautiful shoes walking through life. Mm. Yet my wheelchair does get me to destinations I couldn't get to without it. So there is a gratitude, but a deep, deep, difficult experience of looking at the wheelchair. Mm. Once I'm in it, I'm actually okay. Mm. The hard part is, is that whoever is pushing me is behind me. So there's no parallel walking where there's communication. And those are the things that I have to adapt to. You are a communicator, very definitely. And I should imagine, come to think of it, it must take a lot of adaptation. You know, I've just had my knee replacement operation and walking on two sticks. So people were not walking next to me either, going downstairs or anything. They were walking behind me. So you're quite right. I hadn't even thought of that. And the other thing you mentioned in that wheelchair is that you missed that flowing of your, your dress, your clothes. And I too love flowy uh, clothes. So, and I do love the feel of them blowing in the wind or against my legs. And how your whole being gets expressed because you do dress in a very different way but in an exquisite way. <laughs> and it is the entire picture mm. of how you present yourself. So I can really understand, uh, I can't feel what you're feeling, but I can understand the loss that you feel in actually giving up those what things that we take for granted. Yes, and buying clothes now that are not bulky so I don't look big sitting in the chair, that are more fitted. There's no use looking behind me at what I look like in my clothes because no one's going to see it. Mm. But Sue, it doesn't stop me from doing it all. And I do walk with a walk at home. So when I have guests and my wheelchair is nowhere in my home, it's only for outside. Mm. And that's something I need to find peace with. It's not an easy one. Not an easy thing at all. Um, you know, in your, in our last program, we, we, our last interview, we spoke about your unbelievable circle of friends. 
And even now, as you spoke about Doron and Shelley Perez and the love you have for them, uh, your, your love of your friends came and family, your twin sister, your sister came across your, and very definitely your husband, who you said is your soulmate and your children, your sons, uh, and he's got three sons. Those connections sound like soul connections for you. So, so we were talking about how to manage toxic relationships. We were talking yesterday about yes, that. Yes. Because someone had asked you mm-hmm. on the previous podcast, how does one manage toxic relationships? And I was discussing with Sue that the way that you can manage that and, and the question was also, how do you center yourself? So with toxic scenarios, the way to center yourself for me is that either I do it alone, I sit quietly and breathe and center myself and do a guided meditation. Look, I'm not good at this stuff, but and it usually I get more and more rumination in my head of what I'm worried about. So the next step for me is actually learning something in Yiddishkeit. It brings back and reminds me there is a greater picture. So when Andy talks about Yiddishkeit, Yiddishkeit is uh, is of Judaism and it's looking into often the deeper aspects of it because you definitely are a soul searcher. Yes. And uh, so what what have you found in Yiddishkeit that you can share with our very mixed audience? Yes. I found I identify completely with the Torah. I'm not an extremely from woman, even though my family, some of my family are. And so the Bible's important to you. Yes. And what I love is the spiritual connection, not so much the dogma. Uh-huh. So for me, it's about a spiritual universal connection to a greater cosmic metaphysical level of trusting in a higher power. And then it takes me away from me that concept of letting go and letting Mm -hmm. God Mm -hmm. and that brings me comfort but it takes learning and it takes listening to talks all the time Mm -hmm. and they do bring me comfort and faith I must admit Andy they do for me as well I, I even when I'm cooking I often just turn on a YouTube on my YouTubes and listen to Rabbi Jonathan Sachs or Tversky or, you know, any Wawa, Yaya Jacobson. And I I find a lot of comfort myself in those, especially in the world that at the moment has gone very crazy and has been going crazy for ages. And what's interesting is that the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, close to before he was passing away, He said that collective pain, which is what we are all suffering now with Israel, well, most of us, maybe not everyone, in fact, a huge part of the world are completely 
against us and the anti-Semitism is never, has never been so high. But for those of us who love Israel, there is a collective suffering. Mm -hmm. The same as what Rabbi Sachs was saying, because he was talking about enduring COVID, is that there was a collective suffering. And that makes it a little bit easier because we can all identify with it. But in my scenario, and where it's not, it's an individual suffering. And I don't know one other person that has it. It's a much harder situation. Mm. And the same, Sue, for people who are in abusive relationships, toxic relationships, Mm -hmm. it's a very lonely place to be because it's so individual. Absolutely. When you say you're on your own, on in your your illness with without doubt, are there um, support groups that you could join, or do you have a very different? Um, so my setup? support group oh. is going back to how I center myself. My support group is my husband, my children, my sisters, my family, and my friends. I don't choose to be on a motor neuron disease support group. Uh, I do, and I, can you believe that my specific type of motor neuron, which is called primary lateral sclerosis, I have never looked at that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know what other people are going through because it is suggestive of what I may be going through and I'll get hooked onto it. Uh, so I'm just living this one day at a time. And making your own way forward. That's it. I don't mm. want to know about other people's journeys. You know, it takes me back to when you were in private practice with your um, uh, postnatal depression. And since our last talk, I cannot believe how many people have told me that they have, that you helped them. You helped them to survive a situation where they didn't think they would ever survive. And um, and that, to me, is incredibly um, an eye-opener of the person that you are because you never put them in, in big groups. You saw them individually. So you saw each person's spark. Yes. And you worked with that. Yes, but their soul. Absolutely. So are you working with your own spark now? Do you recognize your spark? Sitting next to you even, I recognize your spark. You I know, feel it. The feedback from everyone around me is that I truly shine. You do. That my eyes shine, <laughs> that my neshama shines. And I've got to learn to integrate that because before, my voice was my entry into the world. Mm. And now when I'm sitting in a crowd, I literally put my hand up, even at the noisy table with all my <laughs> boys, I put my hand up to get a chance to talk. It's like that talking stick. Yes, the exactly. Indian hand round, you know. So that. It's hard for me to know that I still shine without being a talker, talker, talker. Wonderful. We're just going to break. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. We've got a few messages coming through. 
Um, one from my daughter Shira in Israel. Andy helped Shira when she herself was in a very bad state of, of a postpartum uh, depression. And she loves Andy. So she says, Dear Mom and Andy, lovely to hear your voices while I'm here in Israel. Andy, you helped me so much when I needed help. And the strength you are showing now is inspiring. Praying for you, Shira Snapper. Oh, thank you, darling Shira. This one comes from Mary Ann. Sue, the quote you used is Gerald Yampolsky. Oh, great. Who wrote the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I've been most encouraged by this little phrase. As with your guest, Andy. Very encouraged by her. Mary Ann from Northcliffe. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Mary Ann. And you said there was a message from Judy. Judy Moritz. From Marissa. Oh, from Marissa, okay. Just saying that it's an unbelievable interview. Thank you, Marissa. That's Um, Marissa Moritz. She's one of my greatest supporters. Oh, fantastic. You know, I... I, I just was thinking about you and you're saying about your voice and holding your hand up. What do you do when, um, when you go and give talks? Because when I was here last, you had been invited to give a talk at one of the Union of Jewish Women or one of the, yes, the organizations. Okay. So tell me about how do you manage that? So previously, my voice was strong enough to do it and today I'm wearing for the very first time mostly because I was concerned that my voice wouldn't carry I'm wearing a voice augmenter so that's like I actually feel like Madonna because she <laughs> wears one when she sings you know those she things does, that go right. over your head yeah. and so I'm doing a Madonna enactment and it is comforting for me to know that my voice is being projected without enormous effort. And I could do it without the suit today. But why take the risk? Mm-hmm. Why not I will myself to align with alternatives to meet the same outcome? And so that's what I'm doing right now with this voice augmenter. Well, I think you're coming across very clearly, and obviously people can hear it as well. You know, do you intuitively, do you pick up feelings around you? Do you pick up that intuition of other people? You said, I'm not sure if it was earlier now or or in our previous podcast, you spoke about the shadow self, which is often the unknown for you. Now, do you use your intuition for that unknown part? Self-intuition about yourself Mm. is very tricky because it is very tainted by fear. And so I do have hints of intuition, definitely, and I'm very intuitive about other people. But I'm very cautious not to hook into my, what I call, what I think is intuitive, because it's often just fear-based. Oh, is that so? That's and it gets complicated. Mm. And sometimes it's also um, superstition. 
And you know, just on that, not, uh, on a on a lighter note, yesterday we had hail. Now my father, who was a Scotsman, every time we had hail, he would run outside with a half a cup of salt and throw it over his left shoulder. Now you were not allowed to throw it over your right shoulder; it had to be over your left shoulder. And it used to fascinate me as a child because every time he did do that, the hail stopped. I found myself yesterday rushing for the salt when I saw the hail. <laughs> I thought, haven't you grown out of that superstition yet? Anyway, I, I threw it over my right shoulder instead of my left. I thought, I'll try and beat the superstition. And you know what? It did stop. <laughs> That's hilarious. You are hilarious. That is so funny. Now, Victor Frankl said that the body and the mind are what we have, and the spirit is what we are. And your spirit remains strong. Do you, does your spirit, you, I know you're very close to your friends. We discussed that spiritual connection uh, about the Karas, which is our family that we are close to, our siblings, our parents, our cousins, Friends. Now, do you feel that they add to your spiritual being? Oh my gosh, I couldn't survive a day without them. You know, my motto in life is how to get through anything is support, support, support. I'm not a, I'm an authentic sharer. And so I will share with my friends. I will share with my children. And I will share everything with my husband and my sisters. So that is where I get my entire guidance and spiritual energy and will and alternatives. And my children are remarkable at saying on Friday night we went to friends and there's about 12 steps to get up there. So I've got someone standing behind me to lift my feet. And some my son standing in front of me holding my hands to balance me. And with every step he said to me, you're not getting help. I will balance you from the front, but you are lifting your legs. Wow. And he kept on saying, use your core, exhale now. And I got up every step. Wow. And he, and How amazing. I mean, that is just so remarkable of him. And what a connection that he's able to, to see this in you and to push it. And to believe I'm Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you bring? You, you have said what your family and your friends bring to, to you. What do you bring? To friends and family. So it's so interesting because so much has changed. I used to be like loud and hilarious <laughs> and the bell of the ball and really out there. Okay. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. I'm back with Dr. Andy DaCosta on the Finding Human show. This is Sue Jackson. Our time is going so quickly because we have, we had to start late. But Andy, you wanted to say a few things. Yes. So my sister Linda 
has taught me that you can't gratitude your way out of pain. Mm. So keeping on saying to yourself, I'm so grateful for this, I'm grateful for that, and the pain stays. Well, you can't gratitude your way out of pain. That is where you've got to learn exactly what your quote was, is sometimes I'm going to turn turn it, sometimes the fear won't go away, so you'll have to do it afraid. And sometimes the pain won't go away, and so you'll have to do it together with your gratitude. And I find that very helpful because I so often used to do that and it didn't work. And now my sister has allowed me to have the self-compassion and knowing that it's normal. And I want to say that, again, we are all living, saying, what is going to happen with Israel? What do you think is going to happen? How are we going to do this? How long is it going to be? How many hostages and soldiers are we going to lose? And that is living with the unknown. And what can we do with that? The same as I'm living with the unknown is that we can only be right here, right now. And that's a very hard thing to do. And we can just pray and be thoughtful and be mindful of what exists in this moment. And I truly send out the deepest compassion for all the families of the hostages and all the soldiers that have left their families in this tremendous suffering, that may they have self-compassion, may they be true with themselves that this is utterly unbearable and just get the love, the support, and tell people how to support you. People feel very helpless. Ask for what you need. Absolutely. And, you know, Mark Twain said, Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. So it's that going forward and believing that there is light. I know you love Brené Brown, and I'm going to be told to wrap up shortly. So I just wanted to say this about her, a quote of hers. Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. The experiences that make us the most vulnerable only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. And I think at the moment we're all being asked to step into the light, to get out of the shadow world of darkness, which definitely is experiencing, to move forward into the light. And you... You definitely, the light surrounds you, it really does. And Craig's telling me to wrap up. And there's so much more to talk about, which we, so we will make another one. Andy and I are going to be doing a series of talks. And we're hoping you will follow us. 
and Craig's telling me to wrap up. And he's going to be playing the song by Whitney Houston, The Greatest Love of All. And I chose it because of all the innocent children who are harmed at the moment by a, war, a, a world at war. And let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Thank you so much, Andy. And would you like to just say goodbye to everybody? Thank you so much to all of you. And it's been lovely sharing this time. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Bussy. Thank you, Makundi.